0: Father, we thank you for this incredible privilege that we can be together, that we can worship you, that we can be in your presence. Thank you that we have your presence because of the blood of Jesus, not because of something we've done to earn it or deserve it, but what you did on the cross is tear the veil that separated us from the Father and thank you, Lord, so much for your provision As we we think about Christmas, we thank you that you came and you gave everything you gave everything that you have everything that you are. You you laid down your life so that we can have a life with you. What an incredible gift. It's the gift of all gifts, Lord. And we thank you today, Lord God, that we have your commitment, that your banner over us is love, that you so loved the world, that you acted out of love. Always you acted out of who you are, and you are love, and you love the world. And so because of that today, Lord God, you've invited us to walk with you, to partner with you, to live a life with you that starts here on earth, but will continue into all eternity. What a privilege, Lord, to to be able to sing the song of all songs with the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, Jesus Christ, um, our Savior and our King. Lord, as we look at your word again today, will you speak to us um, clearly? directly so we can make the changes king jesus and uh that lord god your kingdom may come we ask this in jesus name amen thank you so i've been speaking about this little book in your bible called song of songs and if you read song of songs um just kind of generally you might be either very confused different portions of it um but it is a book in the Bible, and it's eight chapters in our Bibles um, that's devoted to it. And I think it's, um, you know, I think this is not something new, this song of songs that we've spoken about. We, we said it's a, it's a phrase that the Bible uses about the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Holy of holies. The song of all songs is humanity and Jesus, the bride and the bridegroom, the song that will be sung into all eternity. And... Um, I know, like, you know, you have these rhythms in your life. There are weekly routines. Um, Then you have monthly routines, right? And then you have annual routines. So things that you do once a year or so. And the reason I keep coming back to this is because at the end of every year, I think God kind of helps me to do this little spiritual audit of my spiritual life to see how is my song going how did i sing in 2022 do you know what i mean how did my life sound to the world how did my life sound to god uh, is, is am i still in line with that song that he's written for my life and i, I just want to remind us you know it's not like um, i'm not talking about the song of songs as this life of lives that you can live you can dream up if you only had the dream house The dream job, the dream dog, I don't know, the dream kids, (laughs) the dream, I don't know, you live in a dream place. Now that's the real, no, no, without the work that Jesus did on the cross, your life is a funeral song. Absolutely, you're a dead song because it's a song of death and eternal separation from God without the work that Jesus has done. So we're not talking about the song of song as like this life you could be living, that you can dream of for yourself. No, it's the song that was written through the work Jesus did on the cross for my life, that somehow I don't have to be a song of death and destruction, but I, can, I have the decision to sing a song of following Jesus. I'm free to, to be part of him. And so just remember that. Um, That that what Jesus did on the cross for us, justification, the punishment that should have been ours, he took, redemption, he set us free from slavery, Um, reconciliation back to God, adoption legally to God so we can have an inheritance. And for me, this song that we sing, the rest of my life on earth, once I meet Jesus, the rest of my life is the sanctification where he's preparing me for eternity and i learn to to sing the song he wrote for my life and that he purchased through Jesus. You got that? So don't talk about the song of songs like we can just, you know, any life you choose, the best life you choose. No, it's the life Jesus has for you. That's the song of songs for your life. Amen. And so um, I'm not also asking, do you know that song? I'm asking, are you singing it? Because it's different if I said, Baby, don't step on my blue suede shoes. And I say, don't step on my blue. You know, there's a difference when you sing it and when you know it. I don't know where that came from, but it was there in the archives, right? And so the question I'm asking you today is not just can you tell someone else what the song should sound like. The question I'm asking are you, what does your song sound like? How are you singing, how are you living your life compared to the, the life Jesus wants you to live? That's the question. And so I love the scripture, Colossians chapter 3 verse 3. It says, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. That word hidden is the word crypto, the Greek word, in which where you get cryptocurrency from it's true and what it means is like it's 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 hidden you can't see it but it's there and it has value it's like cryptocurrency you know you can um, get some bitcoin from Marcel no you can't but it has real value they say but you can't see it isn't that amazing and that my life hidden with Christ in God what a fantastic mystery that. My, my real life, when you see Jesus, there's something of me hidden with Jesus in God. It's such a powerful thing. Um, and so I, I think it's like that. Jesus is real to me. You can't see him. I can't necessarily take you to him right now. But he's there and he exists. And my life that's hidden in him has real value for all eternity. And so the way I live my life has eternal implications. It has eternal value. The decisions I make now, what I choose to do with my life, it has eternal value. It's not just a show. It's hidden with Christ in God. It's a powerful thing. All right, so if you read your Old Testament, you read that singing is is not a new thing. The first song was Adam and Eve with God in the garden in harmony, living out their lives the way, and sin came and separated that. And then the first time we read after that about a song is in Exodus 15, when they come out, remember, And the Egyptians are drowned. I'm just saying, this is an Old Testament theme, singing. And so, as the Egyptians are drowned, these guys come out and they just burst into song. Because song and singing is a spontaneous expression of what God has done in my life. That's a way of singing the song. It's like, God is so kind, I just absolutely enjoying him i'm loving him i'm loving what he's done he's just drowned my worst enemy 40 years of slavery it's over forever i'm justified my sins are forgiven but i also want to say that a song is an instruction from god and if you go to deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 19 This is amazing. When Moses is about to die, what he gives Israel is three things. He gives them the law. He gives them a successor, Joshua. And then he he gives them a song. How's that? Under God's instruction, in Deuteronomy 31 verse 19, God says, So write down the words of the song and teach it to the people of Israel and help them to learn it. So they may serve as a witness, uh, so that the song may serve as a witness for me against them. How's that? God says there's a song that you can write down, that you can learn, that you can help others to learn. And if you intentionally direct your life according to that song, then you're, you'll, you'll stay in my will. Did you know that? God told them to write down the song. And and it says in verse um, 22 of chapter 31, So that very day, Moses wrote down the words of the song, and he taught it to the Israelites. Can you imagine Moses, this man of of the law, teaching people a song? And then you read uh, chapter 32, And you see there's 43 verses of a chapter devoted to a song that God says teach the people because the song is something you can measure your life back to. The song is something you've got to sing in tune with. It's not just the spontaneous God did something uh, and there's an expression of what God has done. It's actually, no, direct your life to that song. And... um, In verse 45 of Deuteronomy 32, if you're following me, uh, it says, When Moses had finished reciting all these words to the people of Israel, he added, Take to heart the words of the warning I've given you today. Pass them on as a command to your children so they would obey every word of these instructions. These instructions are not empty words. They are your life. So we see even in the Old Testament, there is a song that God has written that you can learn to sing. And it's not just a matter of, you know, arbitrary kind of uh, words. It's a song that actually is your life. You follow that? And so that's the way I've approached Song of Songs. And I want to say Jesus sang that God's song 100% perfectly. You look at his life, you see the Song of Songs. Does that make sense? If you've stopped singing the song God has for your life, if you've started singing a song that the world wants for your life, if you've given up on that song today, I'm praying that you today, like Moses, write down the song again and say, Lord, what is it that you have for my life? I want to begin to sing that song. I want to begin to live the life you've given me the chance to live through the work of Jesus on the cross and so song of songs uh we've been three weeks going for this now and the picture is this this lady who is the church who has a glimpse of this king in all his glory and her eyes are open to see something about him and she's drawn into this relationship with him And that is the church and Jesus. That is you and I and Jesus. And verse 1 of the song is from chapter 1, verse 1, to chapter 2, verse 7. I've summarized it there. And um, I would call them lessons of maturity. And they follow on after each other. And you can tell someone who's singing this song, and you can tell someone who's off or out of tune or out of rhythm. And so the first thing that happens is that through the blood of Jesus, we have access to God's presence. We have access to God's provision and access to God's commitment because of the blood of Jesus. And someone who's learned this or has a revelation of this, the result is um, that when you walk through seasons of abundance, there's always praise and honor that goes to God. Why? Because you realize everything comes from Him. Does that make sense? And so when you when my life, if you look at my life through the seasons of abundance, through the seasons where God is blessing me, if I've learned this lesson, then I'm always honouring God for it. Always thanking God for it. I'm always saying, like, well, it's because of the blood of Jesus, I'm always grateful and generous, and I always stay humble. Amen? So you know people who sing that song and who know this part of the song and who don't. 1 Timothy 6 verse 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us for everything for our enjoyment. How's that verse? You see, if you don't learn that my provision, His presence, and His commitment all comes from God, then actually we, be, we, we, we become arrogant, ungrateful, and, um, you know, we, we don't honor God, we honor ourselves more. So that, that was the first verse in maturity. And you'll have to learn that as a, as a Christian. Because there will be times in 2022 that you can tell me, you know what, I felt God's presence. I felt God's blessing. I felt God's abundance. That's one part of the song. The question is, have you honored him? The question is, are you grateful? The question is, are you still humble? Got it? The second verse we looked at last week is from Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 8, to chapter 3, verse 5. Stay with me. And and honestly, if you can take this and study it, it will change your life. This book has changed my life more than than any other book because I can keep coming back to it and say, Lord, when I walk with you, you know there will be seasons of abundance. But there will be other seasons as well. How am I doing? Am I singing the song you have for me? And the the second song we spoke about, through his blood, we are called. We saw there, um, you know, the picture of Jesus bounding on the hills. In his resurrection power, he calls us on the mission with him. And so, what we realize there is, and this affects how I live out my Christianity. We realize Jesus is, is on a mission, and it's his mission. It's not my mission, it's his mission. He came to save the world. He came to seek and save the lost. That's what he's come to do. And with his resurrection power, he is on that mission. Even as we sit right now, Jesus is on a mission. But the thing is that Jesus calls me to participate with him in his mission. He doesn't call me to in my Christianity just to say, thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you, Lord, for your protection. Thank you, Lord, that you love me and your banner over me is love. That's only verse 1. He calls me to participate with him on the mission. And he calls me to rise up in my role and our role as the church of Jesus Christ. He calls us to come with him, which requires action, Matthew 28. And people who have learned to sing this song or have a revelation or the result of this is that they understand leadership is a gift. Because you see in that part of the song, Jesus leads her out from the position that she's in. And so if you understand this, leadership, you understand leadership is a gift, you understand that it will always require faith. Let me say this, what Jesus is calling us to will always require more resources than we have. What Jesus is calling you to come with him and do will always require us to have faith in him. And to believe in Him. If it's not, if it's something we could just do on our own without Him, it's not the mission He's called us to. And so He says, go and make disciples of all nations. That's a big mission. It's a vast mission. But with His resurrection power, He calls us. And if we have faith, we can overcome that fear. And we can find His presence in the mission. Amen. So today we're looking at, at the third lesson of maturity or sanctification. And this is learnt in the wilderness. It's learnt in the desert. And so much of what's said this morning has made so much sense to me. And, and that uh, you can read from Song of Songs chapter 3 verse 6 to chapter 4 verse 16. Because of his blood, I have access. Because of his blood, I'm called. But because of his blood, he is preparing me for something better. He's preparing me. And that place of preparation is often the desert and the wilderness. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, the wilderness is a scary place. It's a place of scorpions and snakes. It's a place of loneliness. It's a place of lack. You know, there's actually just nothing. (laughs) And so... um, But it's amazing that this is again, Song of Songs is not new. This is the story in the whole Bible. Because in Isaiah 54, God says, Sing barren woman in the midst of barrenness, in the midst of nothing. What God is saying, can you still sing the Song of Songs when you're going through the wilderness? That's the question. Yes, there will be times when you walk with Jesus when His abundance is so evident. There will be times when you're excited about the mission that He's called you. But then there'll be times when it'll just feel like a wilderness. And everywhere you put your foot, there could be a snake or a scorpion. There'll be times where you feel like there's just nothing here, just a rock. But out of that rock, he can bring water. Out of the heavens, he can bring bread somehow. And there's a reason for this. And so Isaiah 54, sing, barren woman. Then it says, enlarge, stretch, don't hold back, lengthen, strengthen. This is an amazing thing. If you look at Jesus' ministry, look at how he sang his portion of the song in the wilderness. In Luke 4 verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert. How's that? He had to learn this part of the song, Jesus. Jesus. But it says in verse 14, Jesus returned, that same chapter, He returned in the power of the Spirit and news about Him spread throughout the countryside. Isn't it amazing? He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit. He went into the wilderness and something changed and He came out in the power of the Spirit. Now I've watched people who try to learn this part of the song. And like even the whole nation of israel didn't sing this properly i see people who try and learn the desert song and you know when god took his people out let me just tell you he didn't lead them exodus 13:17 he didn't lead them through the shortest route to the promised land because he understood there was something in their hearts that needed to be adjusted in the wilderness and you see that he understood there was a little bit of double-mindedness in there. They were a little bit like, you know, not sure. If they faced war, they would go back to Egypt. And you read it there in Exodus 13:17, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. And so God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness. And it's amazing, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. They even thought, we got this. I'm born again now. I'm saved. Give me my promised land. But God sees there's something inside. You need to learn this song, and I'm going to take you through the wilderness. And I want to see if you're going to continue to sing that song. Because when you came out from the Red Sea, you were singing. And you were so in tune, and it was an expression of my blood and how I'd broken down the power of Pharaoh. But can you still sing that song in the desert and through the wilderness? And so, <laughs> some people, like Jesus, come out of a wilderness season in the power of the Spirit. Others come out wandering in circles. Hebrews chapter 3 says that actually they hardened their hearts towards God during that season. And what happened to them is they... they, they they completely lost their walk with God that had to do with the inheritance. They just—they were, were born again. They were saved, out of Egypt, but they never learned to sing the song because they just ended up dying in that same wilderness. And so I say, like, Yo, Lord, if I've gone through times of wilderness. Am I coming out in the power of the Spirit or am I coming out more just wandering about, no direction, aimlessly it says in Hebrews. Do you know Christians like that? Their life is like that. They're not plugged into a church. They're not connected. In terms of the inheritance God has for them, absolutely nowhere. But they're saved. They're born again. My prayer is that we learn to sing this song properly again. Amen. Are you there? And so let's read Song of Songs. I make a couple of comments, and we drink coffee. How's that? We're good. Depending on who's on duty. <laughs> so. Song of Songs, I said to you, it starts there in chapter 3, verse 6. Let, let's read this verse. And I, I agree with Yongi Chow, like I said to you, that actually Song of Songs is divided up into seven verses. We put it into eight chapters. But I really encourage you to take these notes and maybe just have a look at that uh, and understand that this is a picture between Jesus and the church. And there will be times in our lives where we see the blessing and the presence and the provision and the commitment of God. There will be times where He will stir us with the excitement of the mission. But there will be times when even as the church, we will have to go through the wilderness and we have to learn to sing that song. And the key about the Song of Songs for me is, can I sing all these verses well? Then you begin to represent Jesus to the world in a way that they hear the song and they say, "Like, there's something about this, I, I can't help but sing along with this, this sounds Like the Song of Songs. Are you there? So let's read it. I know next week Sunday is Christmas, and you're thinking about what's under the tree and all that jazz. But focus here, focus. Song of Songs, chapter 3, verse 6. Who is this coming up out of the wilderness like a column of smoke? Can you see the season? We're talking about the end of a season in the wilderness. Perfumed with myrrh and incense, made... Of all the spices of the merchant, there's a very particular fragrance here. And if you think about myrrh and you think about incense in the Bible, even think about um, the birth of Jesus, think about the death of Jesus and some of these spices that were used in, in some of those places. Look, it's Solomon's carriage. So the person speaking here is confused. They're not sure. Who is this? And we know there are three characters in the story. There's her there's uh, which is the bride there is him which is the king and then there are the people around them and in this particular case they're asking the question who is this I'm not sure who's coming out of the desert because it looks like her but I also see him I'm not sure it's like him in her and she's in him there's something that's happened as she comes out of the season and it says look Solomon's carriage escorted by 60 warriors, the noblest of Israel, all of them wearing the sword, all experienced in battle, each with his sword at his side, prepared for the terrors of the night. And then it describes, so it's describing three things for us here. It says, King Solomon made himself this carriage. And so there was a carriage that Solomon made that was undeniably, when you saw the carriage, you know that's the king, And he's representing his kingdom. Do you know what I mean? There was no other carriage like that. Solomon made this, and it describes it there. He made it from wood. He made its post from silver and its base of gold. Its seat was upholstered with purple and its interior inlaid with love. Now, if you think about this, Solomon's carriage wasn't carried on horseback or camelback or donkeyback. It was carried... By our soldiers, And so there were these 60 warriors that would always accompany the carriage of the king. And the carriage of the king was always carried on, on, on the shoulders of, of, of men. It's an amazing picture. And it says here, um, daughters of Jerusalem, verse 11, Come out and look, you daughters of Zion, look on King Solomon wearing a crown, the crown with which his mother crowned him on the day of his wedding, the day is hard to rejoice. Amazing. So there's a picture, they're not sure who's coming out of the desert. But there are three things that stands out for them. It's this this Solomon's carriage, it's the sixty warriors, and there's this crown on his head. And then if you go to chapter four, I'm just finishing that portion, you can read it for yourself. He begins to describe the things he uh, loves about her in chapter four, verse one, how beautiful are you, my darling. How beautiful are you? And you can read through that because it's the things that are beautiful to Jesus when I'm going through a season in the wilderness. There are things that really bless God about the way I navigate those seasons. And I want to pick out just two verses and point out some things there. Um, Verse 12 You are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You're a spring enclosed and a sealed fountain. And then in verse 16, awake north wind, come south wind. Those are two different winds. If you look at the area in Israel, north wind is a very freezing cold wind. South wind is a very pleasant warm wind. And she's saying blow on my garden that its fragrance may spread everywhere let my beloved come into his garden and taste its choice fruits so what you see there is he notices something's changed about her she was closed she was sealed off and now there's a consistency and an openness in her life to say lord my heart hasn't hardened towards you but actually it's softened I was a garden closed up. I was a, a spring sealed. I was, cl- I was closed. But now, Lord, come into your garden. Come into to my life. There's an openness. And then there's a, doesn't matter which wind blows, the freezing cold wind or the pleasant warm wind, there's a fruitfulness and a consistency. That's the things Jesus loves about his bride. Can you see that? And so what is this a picture of? Well, it's a picture of, Jesus with us in the wilderness, coming out of a season, and us carrying something of his authority, something of his anointing, same as Jesus, something of his power and his kingdom and his focus, but also there's a change in us, there's an openness, and there's a consistency in our life. And that's how you sing the song of coming out of the wilderness. So, a couple of pointers here for me. It's... Like I said, I always ask the question, you know, in the wilderness stuff happened. The earth opened up and swallowed people and, you know, bread came down and then there was maggots in the bread. It was like, it was like, yo, it was a hectic time. But what matters is how you come out of that season. And have you learned the lessons that God, and this is a season of, of her coming out. And her character, that's being changed. And I think John chapter 14 verse 20, when Jesus said, On that day you will realize I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. It's a day when people look at our lives and they say, I'm not sure. Is it you or is it him that I see? You're coming out of the season, but it's like there's something of Jesus in your life. That wasn't there before. Very powerful thing. And this description here, I just, um, you realize this myrrh and this incense, if you look at uh, the Bible, you see in Revelation chapter 8 verse 4 that the, the prayers of the saints are mixed with incense. So, so incense is a, pic, a picture of prayerfulness, isn't it? You can come out of a season in the wilderness angry with God, hard-hearted, closed off, wandering in circles. Or you can come out with this constant prayerfulness. It's rising up to God. You're coming out with more of Christ in you. It's a beautiful thing. And I think for the church, you know, we've been through many seasons as the Church of Jesus. We're 2,000 years old. And for me, these seasons repeat themselves. There's a season of abundance. Then there's a season where God has to remind us of the mission. And then there's a season again where God says, okay, you're going through the wilderness because there's some things I want to adjust. And we have to keep learning to sing the song. Remember uh, 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14, it says, God is spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere. Like incense. So this fragrance is very unique. People notice. You've come out of a very difficult situation. A season of lack. A season of harshness. And yet there's something of Christ-likeness in you. And the fragrance is one of the knowledge of Christ. You know what I mean? And that's not an academic knowledge. It's an experiential knowledge. I've I've walked with Him through this, this difficult time. Um, so three items that are described there for us and the first one is this royal carriage of solomon in verse seven and nine like i said it's an unmistakable iconic image of the king and his kingdom and you know what happens in the desert god deals with the distractions god quietens the voices he he stops everything else so that our focus can become the king in his kingdom And this is how I know someone has sung this song well. They come out of their difficult season with a focus on the king and his kingdom. Even Jesus had that. Um, Matthew 6 verse 31. Don't worry about these things. uh, Saying what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Remember in the wilderness this was the issues that the Israelites mostly dominated their thoughts. Where's where's the food going to come from? Where's the provision going to come from? Now we've already been at his table. We know he will provide. What's necessary is to take our focus off those things and put it on the king and his kingdom. And so Jesus says there, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows your needs Therefore, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he, and he will give you everything you need. What dominates our thoughts? Is it the fears and the worries and the anxieties or have we learnt in the desert? No, the focus just needs to be the king and the kingdom. The king and his kingdom. The king and his kingdom. And for me, I, I've seen in my own life, Lord, when I'm going through a wilderness, is my focus correct? Amen. And then the second thing here are the 60 warriors that's described in verse seven and eight. Now these guys, they look like the guy that um, remember when we had our UN GGM, there was a security guy protecting the honorable Jacob. They look worse than him. They' look more fierce than him. These are 60 warriors that whenever you saw the king in the kingdom, you saw these warriors. It's an authority of the kingdom. Then like when Jesus, you know, before he started his ministry, he went through the wilderness, he was full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, came out in the power of the Holy Spirit, and somehow when he came out of the wilderness, there was a new authority or an increased authority and focus. Uh, I think guys like Caleb and Joshua, you see when they came out, Out of the wilderness, their focus was the kingdom. Let's take the inheritance that belongs to the kingdom. Forty years, but the focus was still there. Others were just wandering around. But also what I realized about Caleb and Joshua and Jesus, when they came out of their season in the wilderness, there was an increased authority. Somehow Joshua could take cities like Jericho that no one else could. If you haven't been through a season in the wilderness where Something of Christ-likeness is being shaped in you, and your focus is readjusted to the king and the kingdom. You will not understand this. there's an increased spiritual authority that comes as we come out of the desert. There's an effective spiritual warfare that we learn in the wilderness. Now, you would say to me, okay, Donnie, when no battles were fought in the wilderness, when they were with Pharaoh, God challenged the, the, the forces there, and when they were in Canaan, they had to go and fight, but there was one battle that was a model for all warfare that was recorded for us that happened when the Amalekites attacked them. Can you remember that? And in Exodus 15 verse 10, here's the model, Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. And when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur held his hands up one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with a sword. So what this is, is a model of spiritual warfare, that my hands always need to be raised to heaven in worship and surrender if I'm going to win the battle. And I realize that sometimes in a wilderness time, you can get discouraged. And I, I get discouraged. I don't know about how your 2022 was. But I realize I'm trying to fight this battle, but my hands are somehow going down. And I need to learn, Lord, even in the wilderness, even in the times in the deserts, let my worship and my surrender be unwavering because it brings a new spiritual authority in my life when I come out of that season. You doing all right? So I listen to how we speak. And I realize when I'm getting this song wrong, When I'm complaining a bit too much, when I'm speaking negative too much, I'm realizing, like, hang on, I've got to lift those arms up. And you know, the best thing a friend can do is come alongside you and lift up your arms and put your focus back on him and on the kingdom and worship. Surrender. It's really helpful. Amen. I trust that the church in 2023, as we come out of our seasons this year and last year and the year before, that there'd be a new spiritual authority on our lives. That there'd be a new kingdom focus with which we do everything. Where we refuse to be distracted and the temptation to go off and and just do all kinds of other things will will keep us from just wandering around. That there'll be a focus, that there is an inheritance. He's called us to a mission. And it's attractive, this, you know. Because if you read that portion of Scripture, it's like, come, look, come see, come see what's happened to her. She's got the authority of the king. He's got his, his carriage, king in his kingdom. She's got the 60 warriors around her, the same spiritual authority. And she's wearing the same crown, the crown of Solomon, which is this anointing. Isn't that amazing with Jesus after he came out of the wilderness? They say there's something different about him. He's not like our teachers. He teaches with authority. And then the power of the Lord was present to heal. It was just flowing from him. When the woman touched him, he said, power flowed, power flowed. New anointing. They, they just recognize the crown of the king on her who is this who is this coming out is it Solomon or is it her it's him in her and she's in him and there's this this beautiful song coming out of the desert it's a beautiful picture I love it I always ask myself Lord how am I handling my desert season got to make sure my arms are up got to make sure king and kingdom is focused and got to make sure, like in chapter, how's this verse in chapter 8, verse 5 of Song of Songs? It says, who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Isn't that cool? So It's a new faith and a new trust that releases that anointing. Cool. And then the next part there, he's describing her, like I said. And I love those two verses. Verse 12 it says, "You're a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You're a spring enclosed, and you're a sealed fountain. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes we go into a desert season <laughs> closed. And, and that desert season can make us even more closed and even more sealed up and even more um, what's it, here? enclosed and sealed and locked up and <laughs> locked down and But I love this passage of Scripture because um, in verse 16, just a couple of verses later, what he notices about her and what he... You see, what the people are describing about her is the, the part of the king they see in her. And that's what G, people need to see in my life. They need to see that spiritual authority. They need to see that focus of the kingdom. They need to see that anointing. That's what they see, Jesus in me. But my life is also hidden in Him. And in that way, there's some things that Jesus sees that no one else sees. And part of it is how closed and how open you are to Him. And that's why, again, I can, I can tell people who sing this verse really well, there's a soft-heartedness and an open-heartedness to Jesus, to the King. They're not closed up, sealed up. This is the problem I have with religion. Because religion compartmentalizes Jesus. Like you, on a Sunday, Jesus lives here, we come here, we meet with Jesus, and then Monday we go where Jesus doesn't go. And he doesn't see and he doesn't know and he's not part of that. And I'm thinking to myself, that, that, that's the problem. Because religion compartmentalizes, and then what we do to God is we say, okay, God, of course, you can speak into my life, my spiritual life, but not any other part of my life. Well, actually, that's not making him king at all. That's just giving him a portion. King is not like you can have that if you want that, but not this. And actually, in the wilderness, we come right down to it. Are you open? Or are you closed? See, Jesus, He wants every part of you the success, the failure, the good, the bad, the ugly, the pain, the triumphs, the everything. And all He wants from a bride is that responsiveness to say, I'm open. I'm open, and then lastly, and I land with this: there's a consistency. Like I said, there's north wind, south wind. She says, "You know what, blow. Whichever, whatever happens, Lord, you come in and let him eat fruit. There's fruit. There's a fruitfulness in our life, and there's consistency in our lives. Now, I, I want to say this: I don't think, I think followers of Jesus, good followers of Jesus, should be the most consistent people on the planet. Why? Because He is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And if it's Him we're following, there's consistency in our life. We don't change with the seasons. We don't change with the trends. We don't change with the winds of change. We're consistent. Now, I'm not talking about stubbornly consistent in the wrong way. We won't change, and I'm consistent. I'm talking about... A fruitfulness. Can you see it there in that verse? Let my beloved come into his garden and taste its choice fruits. There's a fruitfulness that comes from abiding in the vine constantly. There's fruit in my life, even from a season in the wilderness. So, I want to ask you, like in Deuteronomy, get back to the song God wrote for you. If you've stopped singing that that God song if you stop living for something and you're just living get back to the life he wants you to live it's the best life and there'll be times of abundance let's stand if you if you willing please there'll be times of abundance lots of blessing. Be times you sit at his table and you're just overwhelmed. But let's stay humble, let's stay grateful, let's stay generous, because it's all because of the blood of Jesus we have access. But then remember this: you're not saved just to avoid hell. You're not saved just to not be a funeral song or a song of destruction. You're saved because he's called us to participate and partner with him on the mission. What did I say? Okay. Work with me, Jackie. But thirdly, I want to say there'll be times, honestly, it'll feel like a wilderness. And I, I don't know what your wilderness looks like. There are many places described on the journey, you know, the waters of Mara, bitterness, and there's many places in that wilderness. And all that we know is that water comes from the rock and bread comes from heaven. It's His provision in that time. That's all we know. And what we've got to do is say, Lord, let my focus be on the kingdom. You know, Let me learn that spiritual authority of surrender and worship. That's where my authority comes from. And Lord, that anointing comes from being full of your holy Spirit. So Father, we thank you. So we heard this morning that we are part of your song. It's a song that stretches into eternity. And I pray this morning, Lord, if if there's anyone here who has been discouraged or just put off or just angry and have stopped living for you, Jesus. They've just said, that's it. I'm done. What's the point? I pray if there's anyone here who's just maybe wandering in circles, Lord. Not in the place you want them to be. Not living for the inheritance you have in the saints. You've given us access to. Anyone who feels disqualified, we thank you that it's only because of the blood that we have access. It's only because of the blood that we are called. It's only because of the blood of Jesus that we are prepared for what lies ahead. Just for a moment, guys, don't be distracted. Just allow the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do. Lord, I speak, Jesus, over our hearts and over our minds. The feelings in our hearts that would stop us from continuing. The reasons in our minds that would prevent us. Lord, if 2022 maybe didn't sound so good, may we make the adjustments today in Jesus' name so that your church and your bride take a rightful place, be the salt of the earth, the light of the world, and sing the song of songs as we continue into next year. We ask this in Jesus' name, Lord. Bless you, Lord. I speak Jesus over every family here, over every person, your provision, your protection, your rest your blessing, your abundance. And even for those that might be feeling like, Lord, this is a wilderness season, maybe even for those who you're calling and feeling the challenge of the mission of what you're calling us to do next year, I pray, Lord, that we just stay in tune with you, that we just follow you, Jesus, that you've sung the song of songs for us, that we can follow the life of Jesus, that you will make us into what you want us to be. And every distraction... And every discouragement, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, will you break that off us? Break the chains. Bring liberty. Bring freedom, Holy Spirit, I pray. There's no condemnation. Lord, you constantly, constantly, constantly on a mission, inviting us to, to come and partner with you, sing with you, into eternity. Lord, even till the end of the age, Lord, there are those who sing. Holy, holy, holy holy is the lord god almighty there is new revelation there is a song you invite us to sing that lasts into all eternity and how we live our lives here on earth lord it does make a difference pray for all the frustration the anger the bitterness the discouragement lord for us to drop those notes and those keys, and, those, and, be, and Lord, just pick up the song again. I'm going to live for Jesus, and live for what Jesus has called me to live for. Not just what I can get out of it, because this is eternal life. It's to know You, it's to have a relationship with You we thank you for that thank you for including me lord thank you for including us lord in this beautiful song it starts with jesus on our lips but lord it ends with Christ's likeness in our hearts and our minds and yes we speak the name of jesus but we pray lord may jesus be in us as we are in you and our lives are hidden with christ in god we bless you lord We're so grateful. We're a people that are so grateful for everything you've brought us through. For some tragedy, very difficult situations, but you've brought us through. And here we are. More of you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.